Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. Me, Ron. And special guest, Ned Hartley. Hello, hello, everyone. Cue the theme tune. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day. It'll guide us on the way. If we keep on Sunnyside alive. It's good, isn't it? I Fantastic. like our theme tune. I, every time... It plays, I go, I think she's dead good. That's the best part. It's all downhill now. I'm oh. sure that's not true. Welcome, Ned. Welcome, Thank Ned. Thank you very much. I feel very welcome indeed. Thank you very so much for having me here. It's very, well, very exciting to be here. Welcome to Belfast. Thank you for having me physically here as well. This is the first time I've done a podcast where I've actually been taken to where the podcast is recorded. I, yeah. feel, I feel very special. A secret location. I had to put a bag over his head. <laughs> right. Bring him, rush him in in a car to give him the true Belfast, Brit sure. in Belfast experience. <laughs> 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 He's no idea where he is. It's the Batcave. I mean, I'm in the, the Batcave. Bat right yeah, now, it's yeah. pretty much that. Yeah. Pretty much. So, Ned, uh, we we just we chat. That's what we do. You okay. heard the show. I can we, do that. We chat. But I probably should we chat about your. Well, let's chat work. about Ned. Yeah. Yeah. Let's chat about Ned. It is my favorite topic of conversation. So, <laughs> oh, that's we, annoying. I, I, was, I, I like talking about me, but that's, okay. that's if you're going to be selfish, selfish prick about it, that's fine. We can do both. <laughs> we can we can talk about whatever we want to. So you're, you're. Can you talk about what you're here for, or is that uh, a little you, bit? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so uh, a bit about myself. I am a comics writer and I'm a book editor. So I'm a commissioning editor for Ladybird Books from Penguin Random House. So that's I'm at Belfast today. So uh, I'm going for a meeting about that. And then I mentioned on Twitter that I was going to be here. And PJ very kindly invited me on the podcast. I said, yeah, we're desperate for guests. Come, come here. <laughs> you're here. You're here. Let's he go. He said the last ones have been so awful. Like, we need someone... <laughs> Just set it on fire, do something. Just yeah, really, come on, really, come on over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the most of this stuff that you've been doing is editing and writing. I mean, yeah, I kind of mix of both. I tend to do more stuff that kind of the last few years has been my freelance stuff has been uh, more the writing. Mm-hmm. And then the kind of the day job is the editing. So a kind of quick background on my history with comics is that when I came out of university, I needed a job. And the two places that were hiring were the video shop and the comic shop. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd probably be a film director right now if I, okay. if I, if I worked at the video shop but instead I went to work in Forbidden Planet in London which is fantastic I loved it there and I met my wife there it's a brilliant place to be and I would we were talking about this before but I would recommend working in a comic shop to anyone because you, you don't do any work and you sit and read comics so you can meet girls it's not many people yes. know that but the, one of the secrets of working in comic shops is you get to meet girls very you- specific type of girl <laughs> Well, you know, those are the only type that you know Ned was interested yeah, but, in. Yeah, exactly. I'm being very careful because this is my wife. So she yeah, might yeah, to I know, I know. So oh being... yeah, I'm constantly on edge in case I say something stupid. And my wife hears it. So that's that damn divorce. I met the best type of girls there are. Uh, yeah, the only one, the only, the only one that was girl, worth thank meeting. You. The only, the only girl one worth, worth meeting. meeting. Yes, yes. Um, um, and then I went to work for uh, Titan Publishing because Titan owns Forbidden Planet. Okay. So I went. I kind of made the jump that I was a skivvy in the comic shop. And I went to be a skivvy on the magazines, which mm-hmm. is good. So I then did loads of stuff. Like I went. I was work. I mean, Titan at that point were doing like, such a range of stuff. So they were doing like all of the film and TV tie-in magazine. So I did, like, my first job was writing up the letters column for Buffy the Vampire Slayer magazine, mm-hmm. which when is... Was, when would this have been? This had been about 2003. 
three, two thousand four. Two thousand four. Was Buffy still on then? No, she was not. Which made it very hard to make a magazine about her. <laughs> and also, at that point, Sarah Michelle Gellar still had not done one interview with a magazine. Wow, wow okay. Like, they interviewed everybody, like the guy. Lads, we've got to fill another thirty pages with new, new Buffy new material. Right. What, what the fuck are we going to do? Call Boreanaz. He's good. He's good. <laughs> get Ned. Get Ned. He'll write some letters. Exactly. Mind the Buffy buffer. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like the Buffy layer, if you're going to write a letter to Buffy the Vampire Slayer magazine like three years after there's been yeah. the last ish- episode of Buffy Dear the Vampire Buffy the Vampire magazine right, here I want to talk about my DVD collection <laughs> here's a poem I wrote like, okay okay. All right, then, okay and then was there, was there many letters I mean did you, to, did you have to write any letters yourself did you have to not head, I mean then. there is a moratorium on this stuff so I mean if it was 2003 yeah. you're long past any kind of I sensorious I, and you're out of that company now you can spill all the dirt the, the crazy one was Charmed magazine uh-huh. and those are the like that was like the nutter magnet my wife a big fan of Charmed and did she write letters to <laughs> no, the Charmed no she never did, no. never did. seems and, legit then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again but best life of women exactly. yeah 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 um, and there was this one guy who wrote he sent us this I mean guy. I'm already on edge that you've said Charmed one guy wrote one a letter guy. Thinking, the, the, oh no this is not going to be good but like five pages front and back of how his ex-girlfriend was a psychic sex vampire and how she was taking all his energy away and this was magic and he knew it was magic because he'd seen it on Charmed and wow. here's a drawing that he's done of um, did you write to his girlfriend to say run run as I, fast as you can get out now I really should have done I think probably I should have like uh, alerted the authorities and not yeah. just giggled about it with just sent her the meme of get out just that <laughs> just, and just get, get out. out one get, tear running go. down her face get out <laughs> run away <laughs> but I don't think he had enough information there about her that I could have done that but it was very <laughs> just a lot of information about his sexual desires yeah. and, and wow and these really kind of like crude crayon <laughs> drawings of the charmed cast members naked it was like wow. that was on lined paper and at any it's point lined the paper editor, that... like, the editor like look we really need to fill some pages <laughs> exactly here. right <laughs> let's, let's just present the back. it's fine just do it like, is there any way you can scrub out all the charm references make them Buffy references because <laughs> exactly. we're, we're short on some letters just pass it around it'll be fine <laughs> wow and yeah. did, did that run in the magazine it no. did not run in the did magazine it was there nothing it was, worth saving in it no. it was terrifying wow it was and, but it, I, I don't think I'm doing justice just how weird some of these things were i mean some of them were lovely and very sweet and yeah, wonderful. yeah but uh, but yeah these these people I'm sure that, people get really invested in these shows and if they're going to write a letter to a magazine that's sort of on right. the, that's sort of they were official magazines were they yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay, they, yeah so you'd have to pay money to get the license for it and yeah. then um sarah michelle Gellar would then give interviews to every other magazine except for there. yours except for Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're holding on to this one. <laughs> this is a how dare she? Um, but yeah, eventually, eventually, we 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 got her as part of like a roundtable interview thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was really good. And, and then, then all- you asked her questions about Charmed. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think so- of Charmed, Sarah Michelle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about psychic sex vampires? Yeah, yeah. My, my friend says you're not replying to his letters. And the other magazine, the ones we used to do, was all the comics. So I used to work on Simpsons comic, mm-hmm. which is brilliant because the letters for that, and I can reveal this. For the letters column, we used to have this made-up character called Junk Mail Guy. And if you are younger than we are, you would, and you're into comics, you might have written into Junk Mail Guy. Mm-hmm. And because we had, because we had like a 36-page comic, and we had 22 pages of, of comics. Material. material in it was that was that sort of material from the states was yes that, yeah so it was, it was from, already it was nothing new coming into it really? no no and we i mean and the stuff that would come from the states like they would sell on the direct market like 
5,000 copies. The yeah. stuff that was coming out of were uh, Bongo. Bongo, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I think Gail Simone wrote some of it as well. It's yeah. really, really good stuff. But they would sell like, you know, five, ten thousand copies. And we would sell... 80 to 150,000 wow. copies of these things. We would yeah. sell like way more than they did because we had the distribution, like because we yeah, had you were going in the newsletter or in the news agents yeah, and stuff. Exactly. And, and you know, in supermarkets and stuff and Americans just don't have that. So they'd yeah. be writing, basically they'd be writing it for us. Yeah. So like, Bart kept going to Australia. There's one, there's one where he goes to Scotland and, and he meets Mark Miller and Grant Morrison, <laughs> which, which, which Gail Simone wrote. And it's all very, very kind of in, in, you know, it, Written for, for our market. Um, yeah. But as well as that, we used to have this guy called, this, this guy that would answer the letters, this, this persona called Junk Mail Guy, and you'd just be unpleasantly sarcastic to the kids, and they would love it. Yeah. And they would just write and they, were, they were kids, right? They were kids, yeah. they were kids. And oh, you'd be nice. like, I'm a, and my favourite character is Bart. And be like, oh, Aww. brilliant, well done for you. How amazingly original. <laughs> wow. They'd come back every week, and we'd, you know... My we're... son, if that job's still going, my 14-year-old would like that job, I bet. <laughs> it's great. It's very... If you have a shitty day then you can just be incredibly sarcastic, <laughs> sarcastic to kids in an anonymous way which I would I would never get to do that again I would, yeah. it's brilliant I've, oh, you just quit your Twitter account yeah <laughs> that's what I did but no one will care like why would they they're not going to write to me which they were which is the lovely thing but yeah lovely, maybe I will maybe I'll be a is it, and so me. did you was there a kind of were they deliberately circling you through those magazines or were you kind of moving from one to another um, or were I, you just whatever fell across your desk was what you were doing? Yeah, I think I started off doing the kind of the slightly old, like the TV ones. And then um, my friend, a guy called Steve White, who mm. uh, was my senior editor, started working there. And then we started... Not phenomenal artist, Steve White. He did, he's just, um, everyone should check his, his stuff out. He's, he's incredible. He's a paleo artist. He's an yeah, incredible he's a, dinosaur. Yeah, he's a dinosaur obsessive and, and draws and, amazing dinosaurs. And I'd sit, I would be sitting opposite from him in production meetings and I'd just see his little biro going absolutely <clears> crazy. And, he'd, and there'd be this, I'd look around, this incredible T-Rex, like eating a, eating a... I was going to say stegosaur. It's not a stegosaur because stegosaurs and T-Rex. I did a kids event last week. Stegosaurs, <laughs> stegosaurus, is, stegosaurus is far away from a T-Rex as a T-Rex is from an iPad. Yes, yes, the, I've, is, yeah. They're that one's far, Jurassic, one's, one's yeah. sort of Cretaceous or something. Probably, yes, yes. yes. Um, so yeah, but he was. This just, is why people listen to this show is for the dinosaur kids. facts. Kids. <laughs> um, did you see the letters we get. <laughs> The psychic sex vampire letters. <laughs> Written in poo on your garage wall. <laughs> Why was there no light in here? And also, was, more yeah. movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so then I, start, I started writing for, um, they did Wallace and Gromit comic, and that was the first one mm-hmm. that we originated. So I started writing some stuff for that. And then after a while, we got the rights to do it for the Sun newspaper. So we'd be writing like three panel gag strip mm-hmm. every week for the Sun newspaper. And that was one of my favourite times because we'd go upstairs like once a month and like all of the editors and try and come up with ideas for Wallace and Gromit comics. Yeah. But the whole thing is the nearest I've ever been to like a TV writer's room because we'd just be trying to make each other laugh all the time. Yeah. And I didn't really care if I got any plots through. I just cared if I made Simon Hugo laugh because he was my friend and I wanted to see him laugh. Yeah. And because Wallace it's and Gromit... kind Grom- of bullpen. Yeah, yeah. It was really good fun. Yeah. And I... The, we, you kind of get these running jokes and the whole point, like any Wallace and Gromit story will... He, like there aren't that many it's like a, a machine goes wrong that's basically yeah, yeah. it and then it goes out of control <laughs> and so the, the natural conclusion to any Wallace and Gromit story is the army turn up 
shoot Grom, shoot Gromit, put okay. Wallace in prison, basically. Okay. So that was what I, everyone would pitch at the end of every single story. And then we'd, you know, I remember just laughing so much because that my sides were hurt because it was just such a silly thing, you know, such a silly yeah. experience to be in. So that, that was that was really good fun. Um, and then, uh, sorry, I'm being very long-winded. You asked me a question. No, just no, kind of, no, it's fine. Um, That's what the show is, me talking. <laughs> But but you're but also, you're, but also, not you're yeah. in the me position. Okay. That's that's what's going right. on there. So yeah. So and then I did also did SpongeBob SquarePants. I think I did a little bit of Star Wars, uh, some Batman stuff. I did Clint magazine as well. Mm. Oh yes, Miller, yes, yeah. Um, which was which was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I've. Yeah, was that sort of an editorial position? Because a lot of written stuff was coming in from. Yeah, it started like celebrity chums, wasn't it? Really, <sighs> I, was th- I started off not. I started off more kind of editing the comic side of it, yeah. which was basically calling up John Romita Jr. and being like, can I have some more pages for kick <laughs> right. And he'd be like, no, I'm doing the Avengers right now. That's, uh, it's it's uh, Marvel. I'd be like, okay, we'll put, we'll put the release date. Because this is before, week. I suppose before, I mean, Mark was already on the cusp of bigger yeah. things, but it's well before the Netflix days. Before the Netflix days. Yeah. Before the first, uh, movies was it? Oh yeah, no, this is where Kickass originated. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was it's... so Kickass one had already been been. Oh and yeah, then... Kickass two was not. Yeah, okay. and it was so we, we were running pages of Kickass two, and then, so Kickass two was kind of being filmed. We've been kind of the screenplay was on that, and he'd done Wanted as well. Yeah, and I think he'd kind of realised that he could kind of build himself as a brand and kind of build this stuff, yeah. and that he didn't need to publishers do... take eighty percent of my money. Well, exactly. thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's sad because I think Clint could have been something really nice, and I think. A lot of the people involved, in, and this is no reflection on Mark at all, but I think when he came to Titan, a lot of the people hadn't really understood what a LASMAG is mm. or kind of what the joy of those things are. And I, I hadn't really at the time as well. And looking back on it, because when I left Titan, I went to work for Egmont and they did, and I was working with this team that did Toxic Magazine. Mm. And that's other guys that used to work in Lads Magazines. And basically Toxic was their plan for it is that it's a lad, Lads Mag with no women in it. Mm-hmm. So it's taking out the kind of the boobs and the, you know, and, and but it's, it, then it's, it's, you know, it's video Sounds games. less toxic to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice magazine. Yeah. Less toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's, it's, it's toxic masculinity without the masculinity. It's nice. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of Lego sets, it's video games, yeah. it's superheroes, it's that. And I think, but it's, but it's still that level of wit and that level of kind of charm. And I think we didn't really realise that's what, and quite hit the, hit yeah, because right? it, it went through a lot of editors before it came to me. Yeah. And, and then I left not long after I, I quit Titan. Not right, long okay. after that. <laughs> I've had it with you. Um, and I went, I went to work for a place called Medikids that made, uh, it's a really nice idea. They make comics that explain illnesses to kids. So mm. if your child has diabetes, they kind of yeah. superhero shrink down, they go in your pancreas and they kind of explain how glucose works. Yeah. And I've never hated a job that much. <laughs> it was the worst thing I've yeah, ever because there's nothing worse than helping medically sick kids. Right. Not, not a lot of room for the gag strips and that one. <laughs> right. There's a lot of poo. You can, can make we, poo jokes. Yeah. That's the one thing you can like. There's a we did a Crohn's disease comic, and you can make some. There's some good solid poo jokes and and runny poo runny jokes. Poo jokes yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, there's the, a character right there, runny poo, runny poo. Huh? <laughs> I might have been writing something down that I realised that doesn't work for yeah, a no, no, no. very well. Um, and yeah, it was just it was run by some not very nice people, and they just wanted to sell these comics to to hospitals. They didn't really care much about anything else. <laughs> so they're like. 
Who's an under underexploited market? Sick kids. Yes. I, I did it because I was afraid, like I, I, we were chatting earlier about my mate Jim Lavery. Jim did a comic about diabetes that was, mm. and he's done about uh, mental health and stuff. And, and they're trying to get into hospitals and you know medical fields. But it seems like an impenetrable market. You think there's a lot of money there, but it's well, actually, just getting money out of the national health is almost impossible. So it's really hard. and actually the sales team was bigger than the editorial team mm. by a factor of about two. Yeah. Really, they spent all their time trying to sell stuff in. And then we're a bit annoyed when we hadn't made a comic in two weeks. Yeah. So like, well, we sold them. You've got to gather them ready. Like, well, no, you have to draw them. And, yeah, yeah. And medically, these things them. have to happen. Yeah. And you, we need the doctors to then write them. Yeah. And it's yeah. It's it's a whole. It, it was a. It's a tough gig to do, and then. And also, everything I had to do had to be medically correct as well. Yeah. So you can't just kind of bodge it like I could with Wallace and Gromit and be like, yeah, yeah it's just a cheese making machine or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. It had to be really, really right. So I had oh, to. Oh, the moon's definitely not made of cheese. You've got to change that. <laughs> Change it all. It's already printed. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I did. I, that was, and then so that job, I quit. My wife was like seven months pregnant, and I was like, I have to quit this job right now. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Please don't kill me. I'm re- oh and she god. Was, she was really sweet about it. She was like, Look, I'd rather that we save money and you're happy than you. You know, we have all this money and you're just unhappy all the time. Mm. And she's. We, well, we said that a couple of times. She did she say it like this? I would rather you shield money and we were happy. Like I really mean, it's only our teeth. child, isn't it, Ned? I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> we can live off dust. Exactly. <laughs> we can come and live with your parents. Like we, we did. It will all be okay. God damn it. My mother was right. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Mary saw from a comic shop. What was I thinking? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I should listen to someone. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, th- and then thankfully I had, you know, you, every now in your life you have these kind of moments. And I remember I was walking into this interview at the BBC to do kind of see BBC magazine and be like, like, I have to get this job because mm-hmm. my daughter is going to be born in two months. So I need to get, thankfully I did. So I worked on uh, CBBS for a while, kind of doing preschool stuff, which I hadn't done stuff that young before, yeah. which was really, really good because um, that's, uh, it's really interesting to me because kind of in terms of kind of childhood development and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't as much comics. So then I moved to do, um, it was, was the BBC, which then became media media. I did horrible histories magazine for a while, mm-hmm. which is depth on that, which is the Fun. best reader level letters I've ever had in my life. Oh, right. Okay. Down there. The, oh, it's fantastic. My favorite one, this, um, Little girl, she was six years old, and she's like dressed up as a, as in nineteen twenties costume. She's like, "I am suffragette Emily Davidson, and this is my three year old brother on a rocking horse about to run me over at the Grand National." Because wow. this, this three year old brother with this manic grin on his face about to run her down, and she's holding up this placard saying "Votes for Women," and she's six. God bless her, and it's just incredibly sweet. And like you, you get all the really kind of sweet nerdy kids and these are my people and just writing like did you know this about egyptians or about dinosaurs or mm. about henry the eighth and it sex was, vampires sex vampires <laughs> again that guy keeps sending me letters <laughs> um but that's yeah so that's that was really 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 good fun to do and and this and then going back to comics there was this one this magazine called mega which is a bit like toxic so mm. and it and that i got to do comics again for that which is really good fun um and then but, so you were flipping between editorial stuff and an actual writing comic strip yeah, stuff yeah well that and- was I mean that was all editorial so I was writing kind of, I was writing some of those just to kind of keep 
the cost down a bit. Yeah. And then at that time, I started to do my own ones as well. This is really highbrow one that I did called Punch Face about mm. a superhero who punches people in the face, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is really, I mean, I don't, I don't need to explain the concept. It's quite difficult. Well, it's, well, it's a, he's a hero who punches people in the face. Yeah. No, oh, I've done, done it. Okay, I've got, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And that was actually because I used to, I used to work on the when I was at Titan, I used to work on the um, uh, DC reprint ones. You know those ones where the, they kind of they bind up three Batman yeah, comics yeah. and you sell them in W. Smith. And so part of my job was sitting, reading, eating crisps, reading comics all day, which was brilliant. But also, like you realise actually how shallow that well of superhero stories is mm. if you read if you read everything that DC does in a month. Yeah. You realise that actually there aren't there are some really really good writers, but there are also some which aren't. You know, which, they're, make, they're making up the numbers. Is, oh, essentially, essentially, there are a lot of punch faces. So yeah. it's, it started as a, as a kind of the thing, but that me and Steve and Sky, uh, my friend Andrew James, that we'd be like, oh, what's the story story like? Oh, it's a punch face one. We don't mm. need to use it. And then we started kind of being like, oh, well, what would actually a punch face comic look like? So in my spare time, I mean, I, I can't draw. So in my spare time, I started kind of never arguing. stopped my career. <laughs> You've actually did a punch face for I me. did, I did. You did, yeah, it, which yeah. is fantastic. You did a sergeant punch face, which is reprinted in one of the comics. It's oh, wonderful, okay. it's brilliant. Um, which is incredibly kind of you, and you did not need to do. It's an incredibly sweet thing. It was oh, a don't long call time ago. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always willing to do a drawing for someone who potentially might give me work at some stage of my career. <laughs> oh, well, <I'm>, <laughs> I've never, yeah. I've never refused that kind of work. Yeah, there's dried blood under PJ's needles for all the backs he's scratched. <laughs> One day someone will get my back and it'll... <laughs> anyway, have to claw their way through all the hair <laughs> and dry skin. There, anyway. That's an image. I, yeah, yeah that, that's an image for a podcast. Yeah. Right yeah. Um, so I did that for a while and that's how I got the job writing Banana Man for the Beano because mm. I put a load of these on... So Punch is quite just a silly, funny, yeah. silly, funny, silly, funny. It's really... So, I mean, I kind of... I kept, think, I kept thinking I'd run out of stories for it and it's just him punching people in the face and for some reason it kind of... I could always think of stuff. And then towards the end, in fact, the last few years I started doing President Punch Face where he where in 2016 he became president and it became really really obviously satirical and in kind of in not that clever a way yeah so I did a few of those and I kept thinking oh, I'm going to do more of these and then I started doing Banana were you, Man were you self-publishing those or were they, yeah, yeah so yeah. no that was all, all and I, I started off so I started selling those at conventions I've got about I've got an offer graph on all of those mm-hmm. which will be on sale at Thought Bubble this year oh yeah okay good good thank you for letting me plus right, hang on right. yes <laughs> We'll do some more of those later if that's it. And if and if if you don't want to buy one, you can steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did I mention I have children? I don't. <laughs> Please don't steal my comics. Yeah, no, don't don't steal a comics. That, that was obviously a joke. Um, but yeah, no. So that so that was really good fun. And I've done a few kind of self published ones, but I think that was the ones that. Like all the other ones have been ages like plotting and writing and have these really complex mm. kind of stories to that. But Punch Face is the one that people really responded to and people would do me like as well as you could stuff people do art for me and mm. people my friend Shannon Gallant would do these incredibly complicated you know incredibly in-depth stories with me about people being punched in the face <laughs> and it was yeah it was really good fun to do and then I can thought, you can some of these be seen online yes can we send should, a link I, think, to people? I think they're all on my website I think it's okay. on okay. com. we'll link to the website yeah yeah, yeah. We'll do um, that. I think it's on my comics but I think I think they're all on there now mm-hmm. um and a lot of them are just kind of like fun doodles that we were doing in the office and then kind of end up being you know, kind of mm-hmm. take on a life of their own. Um, but yeah, that's, and it's, it's a really stupid concept and I keep thinking I'm going to get bored of it. And then I keep thinking, Oh, I'll just do another one. I'll just do a bit and so, and then, and then you went from that to banana man. Yeah. So, and then, well, then, so while I was at Egmont, so then I moved to Egmont, I did, uh, well, I st- I was meant to do Disney infinity magazine and I, 
In between me handing in my notice and me starting at Egmont, they cancelled the magazine. Oh, because they cancelled the toys as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame because they were great figures. Oh, my God. It was such a good... It's so, it was a really good concert. And I had, like, turned up this desk full of these toys. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. You, you, you've, killed you, you've killed it before you even started. Uh-huh. No, I'll just take all this home. Then. Exactly. Just, <laughs> I don't know Xbox to yeah. play with. Um, but then they said, oh, we've just won Star Wars as a license. So do you want to do that instead? And I said... Yes, I would very much right. like to do that. So I did Lego Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels, Star, Star Wars Adventures, and then mm. these kind of Star Wars graphic novels, which are kind of story of the films. Do, is there ever a feeling with those kind of licensed things that it's not, it's outside of the canon, or is it kind of, you know, is there a frustration there that, you know, as good as it's going to be, it's never, no one's mm. ever going to look at it and go, oh, well, that's part of Star Wars now, or or does that not matter? Or, you it's know? interesting because you do, if it's too not canon, you put the legends kind yeah. of banner on it so you kind of well that's definitely not I mean so is it more, takes the trousers off <laughs> exactly. that's legend or is it more liberating, the psychic sex is it more liberating because then you can do whatever the hell you want I mean there's no well, there's nothing to stop you doing do you know what like, why don't we do Han Solo doing this or that this other you, thing you'd you never do you can't do that much because it's Lucasfilm's lawyers have to yeah. look at it all and it's very like I mean the phrase that Steve always used was you're playing with someone else's toys yeah that like everything and in fact it was just after Lucas had been brought by because I started like, you should see what I did with other people's toys as a kid <laughs> <laughs> it's pooed all over the place. <laughs> but you know it's playing with other people's toys who also have some of the best lawyers in existence as yeah. well that, that will you know see you so and there's long obviously long approvals processes for everything you do so you do kind of feel it's part of that as well and it was just I started doing it when Force Awakens came out so it was kind of like people like Star Wars was exciting again yeah, yeah. and there was more stuff coming out yeah, yeah. well that, that's whenever Disney kind of swept the board and said everything before now is legends yes. everything after this if this we is, say so is canon yeah and then it got obviously progressively more and more complicated again yeah yes but but for a while that was quite nice because just when they did that this is all legends part of it I could be like great I don't have to learn yeah. millions of years of like the li- Thrawn saga oh my gosh <laughs> like, here's a blue man and he's angry about the th- and I love the Thrawn stuff but it's like trying to explain that to a kid yeah I just- don't I don't understand it but I yeah I never read much in the way of Star Wars outside I, of Star Wars yeah there's 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 a lot and it a lot of it is very contradictory as well mm. and there's you know there's more like the Bible were you were you then <laughs> able, the were you then able to pick and choose the eras and things or was it kind of because the Star Wars Rebel stuff is one particular era. Yeah, I mean that was stuff. because that was what was on TV at the time. Yeah. And we wanted to try and tie it into that. I mean, yeah, I tried to kind of do it as everything because, like, you don't know what because it's for kids. Mm. Like, like, because Egmont had the book license as well, and um, a friend of mine was doing the books, and that was a bit more like the ones that Cameron Scotts did. They were a bit more. Mm-hmm. You can expect expect a bit more knowledge of this stuff, but like, you don't like these kids. You don't. They, their favorite film might be Attack of the Clones. Mm. You don't know. Yeah, so you yeah, want yeah. to try and put something for all you of them. You can't be in. snobbish about about the Star Wars stuff that you, you can't, don't like. It's yeah. just people in bathrobes hitting each other with swords. Yeah, like, it's the yeah. whole. Th- I mean, it's brilliant. I love it, but it's very silly, and you have to appreciate mm-hmm. that. And that's why it's that's why it's wonderful. But you have to we'll be getting that. letters. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars fans can't write. <laughs> It'll be on one big long scroll. <laughs> Just coming through the letterbox. <laughs> you have to look at it like oh, elongated. Push it faster. <laughs> hey, what's the what the a tax thing? What are you? What is this? <laughs> anyway, it was from a long time ago. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that was really good. And then I then uh, yeah, and then I got my redundant from Egmont. Boo. This is by the way, this is all great stuff. If anyone wants to update Ned's uh, Wikipedia, yeah, exactly. Entry, this, is this is all first hand knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> this is a primary source. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so then I was doing these. So yes, yeah, so I was doing my own, my own comics and kind of going to conventions, selling them. Yeah, and then being yeah. a kid, um, it was Punch Fist. Was it, I mean, could a kid have read it? Would it? Have been, yeah, there's yeah. What, there's like one. Not much language in it. I no, imagine. there's one page in it that I do say a to lot of gratuitous nudity. Exactly, <laughs> just just full frontal punch fist and punch dick. Yes, <laughs> kick dick. Kick dick and punch face. <laughs> Come on, kick dick. It's time to go. <laughs> if readers want to write that, then please. Yeah. <laughs> please don't. I'll see you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I was doing that at a lot of conventions. And, yeah, and, and, and John Allison, the editor of The Beano, said, do you want to write Banana Man every week? Mm-hmm. And that's just, that was a dream country because yeah. when I was growing up, I loved The Beano. I yeah. loved Banana Man. It's just, and it's and it's nice that I've got kids and they can, it's something yeah. can kind of. It is. Know. I mean, I did some strips for Toxic years and years oh, ago. Okay. I did a strip called Nana's and Custard in ah. 2001 or something. Um, just, just right when I thought my career was going to take off like a rocket. It did not. Um, <laughs> I was doing There's always that moment, isn't there, that you think this is uh, the door is open now yeah 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 and there's just another door yeah i've not only if i kick this door open, i have a blasted a whole yep. door frame away and you're standing looking at the blown away door frame the door and you take one step over the threshold thing and this is it and then the building collapses on you and you're like <laughs> fuck and there's uh, another bigger door right next yeah, to you. yeah. Metal, it's like we're can... all going through this door mate yeah. i don't know why you tried that one um so yeah so i, I did some and like uh thomas my youngest is starting to go through my published history. Oh, that's brilliant! And and looking to find things, and he's he's found monstrology, and he's gone, Daddy, will you sign this for me? And it's like it's really so strange brilliant. to have him, and that's he lovely. he likes me to sign him, but also he knows it's a bit weird, and so so that's nice. But he has some of the toxic strips, and and, it's, and part of me is going, I wish I'd done more stuff like that. I wish I I'd done more. The photographic stuff. Well, God, no! I mean, <laughs> oh. That, that was a raised eyebrow from me. Yeah. Well, the first fantagraphic book I ever did was called The Moon Looked Down and Laughed in 94 or something. Mm. Uh, and it's an 86-page graphic novel. And uh, we've got this beautiful graphic novel printed up. I thought, I could show this to my parents and my grandparents. There's nothing... I mean, they'll never read it. And mm. some of the content's a bit ropey. And, but, like, it's inside. They're never going to look inside. They're going to look at the front and the back yeah. cover and go, this is great. And the back cover enlarged one of the panels that's inside. And the panel on the inside was... Do you remember Tenant's Lager whenever they had the girls on the on the tins? Yeah, years and years and years yeah. ago. Yes. So a character gets thrown a tin at him, and the tin has some graffiti on it of a girl with uh, beside the girl. And uh, so they took this bit of artwork of him reading the back of the tin, and it's emblazoned massively on the back cover and a beautiful looking glossy cover. You flip it around to the back, and as a tenant's lager can held in his guy's hand with a bit of gra- bit of graffiti that says, "I love it up the arse." And, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the front. The front. Yeah, so, yeah. so I could never show that to, to anyone. So that anyway, that's. But ever uh, since then, he's tried to work that phrase into every comic. <laughs> you actually, do you know? Actually, I feel. I feel like maybe it was. I love it up the shitter. I, I think that's it. Oh, which that's, is a better line. That's actually, much more poetic. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> a very poetic writer. But anyway, that that. So so I, I and like the 2080 stuff. He's getting old enough to read that. And mm. I think. But a lot of the Garth stuff, no way. You know, right. just no way. Just even the swear and the language, and yeah. never mind the the what it's about and stuff but um, I mean you've got quite a catalogue of stuff your kids can read that's, yeah that what's, what's really nice is that every Saturday the Beano gets gets delivered to our house mm-hmm. and my daughter runs and grabs it before me which is a really nice thing she yeah. wants to read it and, does then, she, and she how old is she again she's seven she's seven is she uh, fully aware you're writing it or she is it? does and I said to her like she probably you, thinks you, everyone's dad writes a comic <laughs> <laughs> no, right? your dad doesn't write a comic like everyone yes or does she go do. yeah yeah dad you write yeah you write Banana Man yeah, yeah what's, right. what's, what's, what's your dad do yeah 
He's, he's an insurance adjuster. No, no, no. They write, they write comics. They'll write comics. Uh, but no, she, she, she can do it. She can see it. She can see it. it says Ned Hartley. And I said, yeah. what's, a, what's your favourite strip? She, and she said, all the ones that are not mine, basically. She, <laughs> she reels about She's five re- of them. <laughs> this one, this one, this, this one. one. Where's mine in that list? This no, one, this one, this no. one. Ruby, Dennis, yeah. Minnie the Minx, all that. Uh, going to, they're, 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 like, they're only like 10 in there. So she, like, have you put her in there? Have you put a name check? I have you done haven't. Anything? Yeah, I should do, actually. Because there is a bit you can send your kids in and put yeah. them in there. I should do that. In fact, one, one week she said, oh, I really like this bit, Daddy. It's really funny in Banana Man. He, he said, I've been kicked in the banana body. That's really... <laughs> So I was like, I was like, done. done and, yeah, then, yeah. and then I looked and I thought, I, so I tweeted about it because I'm a narcissist. Uh-huh. And then I looked at it afterwards and I, and I thought, did I write that line or did my editor put it in afterwards? <laughs> and I checked and I did not write that. Oh, line. no, <laughs> oh, no. Like the, one that, the one line that she thought was good. No. Yeah, I didn't write that one. But I'm going to claim that I did because yeah, I got yeah. my name next. Well, you can include it now every week if you want yeah, exactly. and, then, and then you will have written it. You know, I, so I, and I do. I will something. do. I, I have done, I will do. Um, so I mean like Banana Man was one of my favourite strips when I was younger now obviously I haven't read the Beano in a few years but I just looked it up there and I, I guess the art style is something similar to it was back in the early 80s it is but the guy uh, Wayne Thompson he's really really good and he's kind of got this nice way of kind of of updating it and keeping it nice and fresh but at the same way kind of keeping it similar the, yeah. the, there was a, so the Dandy went through this period where they brought on a lot of new wave artists yes. that, that uh, the guys I really like, like but are Jamie doing Smart the, yeah Jamie Smart's great but, but always felt sort of not miscast but there was so much ruction about him on yeah. uh, uh, who was it? it was Dan Dare I think he was on or something he was like on Desperate that Desperate Dan. Desperate Dan sorry not Dan Dare the, um, but he was on Desperate Dan and there was an awful lot of oh this doesn't look like Desperate Dan but, and, angry, but the kids don't care kids don't kids care, don't care. Like ang- the angry man on Twitter like you're going to buy yeah. maybe one copy like yeah. I, why do you get to, to but, the, but the guy but the guy doing Banana Man is quite sort of old school it's quite what Banana yeah. Man would have looked like so it, I'm kind of wondering was that a conscious choice I mean I can't remember I, I feel like there was a period where Banana Man also went a bit more avant-garde avant-garde the wrong word obviously for a kid's comic a, bit, but, a bit more but modern you, yeah yeah, yeah I, I think Beano in general I think they do try to keep it quite similar I mean, yeah. I think there are a few different art styles yeah but I mean, one thing that's quite good that they they uh, quite happy me doing is me, I can move different characters in from different strips. So I had mm. Minnie the Minx, and she became Banana Min for an episode, yeah. so that she dressed up as good, Banana good Man. Pun. I know, good I was really pun. happy with that. I was, really, you know, like, tick done. <laughs> that, that works. And it was not like because you you write these things basically the way you write. I mean, things, she should have been a she should have when she went became Banana Man. Should have been tiny. But on a minute, minute. Yeah, that's just next week. Yeah, one. next that's week. Yeah, okay. That's good. But <laughs> basically, because one thing Steve White taught me was that you write a really bad pun first. Yeah. And then you write the entire story around right, that. Because yeah, yeah. he used to do, he told me, like, he used to write real Ghostbusters comic with, I think, with, with Dan Abner. And they're like, they come up with something like Centaur of Attention about yeah. a really, really vain centaur. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, right, that's this week's one done. Done. Right. Yeah, that writes itself. Let's go to the pub. So then I kind of, I took that from him of just like, you write. Find the central, central, really silly pun. Yeah, and work around it. it yeah. yeah, trying to read. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I taught a comics class in Dublin, and we were talking about doing future shocks, and I yeah, was yeah. kind of going, "Well, look, you know, it's, future shocks are like easy. The hard part for most people is coming up with ideas." So I threw a bunch of words in, you know, a bunch of random words, effectively, and went, "Let's talk about these words, and let's mm. take these words, flip them." And, you know, to, to get their opposites, and then let's talk about what a story could be based on that. And it's almost like you need. Any kind of seed, any kind yeah. of seed at all. If it's a pun, it's a pun. But I mean, it could literally be anything. It could be a, a random name from the phone book or anything, just to start the thought process. I mean, Future Shocks are really hard. I've, I've written one of them. Mm. And it's about the weight of... Uh, you've got to subvert the expectation. Yeah, yeah. The weight of that is really hard because you know... 
but you're going to have your expectations subverted. Yeah. So you've yeah. kind of got to do it twice. Yeah. You know, it's a really hard thing to flip do. Flip it and then flip it again and exactly. then, and then make, make it all seem like uh, clearly obvious how this was going to go, except right. it never was when you're reading it. Yeah. That's re- and, and to do that in two, four pages, sort of, that's really, yeah. really hard thing to four do. Four pages. It's 2008. They've opened up their future shocks again, if anyone wants to submit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They do, they're doing them at um, Thought Bubble as well, aren't they? they do, yeah, they, they normally do a kind of, um, they, they basically do, you stand up and you propose your story and then they, they give you a yes or no or whatever. That and sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen a, f- a few people. And there's a few people who have done it and have, have become 2080 writers yeah. and artists from it. But I, I know if, like um, there's a few who have done it and lost one year and then the next year and then the third year win it and then end up being, you know, big, you know, doing a lot of work mm. for 2080. Um, nice. And so I, it's a real avenue to get in. And 2080, I think, are the only company doing something like that but it must mm. be petrifying it can't not be petrifying I have an idea about sex vampires <laughs> oh, look, I, I remember the first couple of those that I, I was sort of I saw happening and one guy stood up and just he's, he's, he's like a 15 minute ramble about a villain for Judge Dredd not a story just oh, a villain <laughs> Just a it's villain more a, character. It's more of a statement than a question. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I have what a was. picture of my ex-wife here. <laughs> I think it should look like this. <laughs> and then on Thursday, I said, "Yeah." So, but like most, so you've done mostly kids comics and then young yes. adult stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, I just did one this year, um, like a biography of Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. which is in a graphic novel. Was, um, was illustrated by Tom Homerstein. It's really, really nice, mm-hmm. and that's. Was a bit more kind of middle grade to young adult. We will put all the links to Wordery and and I'm, yes. I'm using Wordery now. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a Wordery, uh, and, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, rather than Amazon because uh, I've got a kickback um, and <laughs> I get about a pound a book. John, John McRae shamed him. <laughs> John shames me in everything he does. He's so good. Oh, I yes. hate him. Um, so yeah, so. Have you inklings to write older or yeah. are you happy to... No, that, that is a kind of itch that I do have every now and again. And it's prob- the problem is sometimes that I kind of write myself into a corner that now I'm seeing a bit as the kind of younger, yeah. you know, writer for younger things that... Um, and I would, it would be quite nice. In fact, what, what I am doing, I've been working on some of my own things that I've got an artist who's really, really good and we're going to get, you know... Pitch some older stuff, but mm-hmm. I have I have done that in the past. Where, where's open to pitching? Do you think is 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 oh, that is that a gosh I don't a, know a, a cards held close to your chest secret? No, I, I know the I honestly there, don't know. Yeah. Um, I think if if it's if it's not Kickstarter, then I think I'll be kind of I don't know. It'll be, I, like no one's open at the moment. It's really hard yeah. because everyone has got this kind of very set idea of what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, well, they've got their writers on top and their writers are all nice. desperately trying to get work anyway. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think for kind of middle grade young adult <laughs> stuff, there is a lot to be said for pitching to agents mm. that will then pitch stuff to kind of, to, um, you know, to, to publishing companies. Because I think a lot of the time we, we end up kind of looking, chasing this direct market that kind of isn't really there anymore and it's really, mm. it's oversaturated. Whereas, yeah. you know, we were talking about before, but there's Renee, and I've forgotten her surname now, Telmecker. Rennie Telmecker. You would know. No? Rennie Telmecker? I'm going to give you a blank stare here. Okay, then. Okay. Yeah, like she's, that, that was, and Dave Pikey was yeah. there. I'm on safer ground with Dave Pikey's name. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and they, they, like the, the, the best selling book in America last year was, last week, was a graphic novel, but because it was a kind of younger one, because it's it's not, you know, in the. It's not one on the radar of yeah. comic readers, it's one on the radar of young readers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, and and there's a lot of books like that. I think that that are just completely missed by comics. But it, yeah, but you, th- those things are almost they're they're juggernauts, and you kind of wonder is there room on the road for anything else? You know, it's you know it's, David Pikey has a book out almost every year, and it's, yeah, uh, and then you kind of think where's the other, where's the dozen other 
Well, this is, this is the, would that be saturated? You know, would it be oversaturated then? I mean, that's the problem is that there's not a lot of space on their shelves. Mm. That, and it's the same thing with a lot of children's authors. That if if you're not David Williams or David Bedell, yeah, there's not a lot of space for you there. Were you any sort of David? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dave Pikey, Dave yeah. Pikey, yeah. Um, but you can. There isn't. Yeah, it's it's quite hard to kind of to, to carve out that space because you know if you're a bookshop, you want to put stuff on the shelf that sells. So you yeah. want, you want to kind of have your you know your your big stuff up there. And I you know I, t- I totally get that. But I, th- I mean I think the, the other flip side is is that we all love comics. You know, it's, mm. it's it's we want comics to do well. And I think the, one of the reasons that comics readership you know has, has gone down the last few you know if you decades or so is that kids don't read so many comics and i think if you don't read comics by a certain age you don't really learn that visual language to it yeah there's a lot of my friends that i kind of show them comics and they're like who's saying this why who's speaking what does that why is that saying wham they're like they really they, yeah, they never don't understand the vocabulary exactly of what's going on, you know the they're never the asterisk never the tintin it's not there so i think yeah. that, you know they're never the beano that i think it's it's so you know it's really important to kind of be Championing these younger comics and really, you know, yeah. which is why I really like the fact that Rebellion are doing this, all this extra stuff for that. They're yeah. doing that, you know. I was going to ask things. you about that. I mean, have you been approached? Have you thought about that? Or is it? I did do one. Seen them happening? Oh, you, did you? I did. I did a feature shock for the region for Free Comic Book Day last year. All oh, right, okay. Um, so I didn't do anything this year, but I did it last year. And then I did something a couple of trips for they did a core and Buster humor special. Oh yes. So I did uh, Face Ache, which was <sighs> so much. Fun. That's the gig oh, I, I want. Ache. I want to draw Face Ache. That's the gig I want. That's why you're on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I can ask you directly. Ask for me next time. I will to draw. Do. I would I love to draw. Can I draw face? <laughs> yeah. And I did Grimly Fiendish as well, mm-hmm. which was the other one that I loved. Um, and he's brilliant because he's basically it's kind of like it's a crime horror thing. So he's this kind of like Frank Doctor Frankenstein like figure who's always mm-hmm. trying to steal money from the police, which is just yeah, you know, brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, so they were really really good. And then Tom Patton is one of my favourite artists. Drew Grimly Fiendish, my mm-hmm. Grimly Fiendish, which was you know, an absolute honour to, to see him draw that, which is great. And he's filling it full of all these incredible background gags yeah. and making it wonderful. And it was really good. So that was, that was a really fun thing to be part of. And I think Rebellion, hopefully be doing some more stuff, kind of more special. Like, Cause they've got this incredible archive now. Mm. Cause they brought all this stuff up from Egmont and they've got like basically 80 years of comics yeah. that they can now draw on. And I think they're still kind of searching Picking, searching. Yeah, parts I mean, of yeah, it. it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them because I mean I know, and I think this is on the this is public knowledge. But whenever they were doing the kids dread that they wanted to do, yeah. they were basically told by their distributor, the kids two thousand AD in the recent sort of free comic book day yes. thing that was happening, they wanted to do a special that was a two thousand AD kids special, and mm. their distributor went, no more room for more specials. You you're doing too many specials. Yeah, no room, no more. So they had to do it as part of the regular prog, which yeah. which of course the regular readers were going half of them were. Going, no, this is great. This and the other mm. half were going. Why have I been giving kids things? What's right. going on? This is annoying me. And it's tricky because then if a kid buys it and likes it, which they would, because it's yeah, brilliant. because what are they going to do next? And the next week they're like, oh, now Dred's murdering somebody in the yeah, face, yeah, which yeah. is you know, it's like a I, did, I did. I did uh, Judge Anderson in that. Which um, did you? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, it's really. I mean, it, it didn't like uh, drawing it. I didn't go. I've got to draw this now in a style that is kid friendly. It just happens to be how I draw no anyway. but, you've, but you've got a very clean style yeah and, I, and yeah. I don't I think that once you start if you start leading in for kids too much I think it becomes like they, they won't enjoy it the worst thing you can do to a child is talk down to them yeah yeah um and as soon as you start being patronizing then it's you know yeah. they, they, they the whole point of 2000 is that it's cool mm. and that it's exciting and that it's kind of you know and, and that's what region does and it works really well that it's cool and exciting it's just not as completely 
gratuitously violent. Yeah, well, I mean, I I often think some of the like, and I'm talking about other comics, not just 2018, but sometimes the the attitude is this is for adults, so we better swear a lot, right? And and you know, let's make this about something and then you kind of go well i mean you could have i mean it wouldn't have been that hard to shave some of the edges off that and yeah. make it more more readable for it's like my natural inclination to draw on like if i've been told in the script he gets shot in the stomach or his head gets blown mm. off my the way i naturally draw that is to hide things and to not make it visceral and not yeah. make it kind of and they're you know and it's not hard for me to do that but it, there are artists that go, oh, this is going to be great gore everywhere. And you're kind of going, well, it's a, it feels a bit teenage Like, like, oh, this is so edgy, right. teenage edgelordy kind of thing. Yeah, it feels like a stage you get through in a mm. way, doesn't it? And I think the same with writing as well, that it's like, oh, we're, this can all be about, you know... Everyone does, oh, it's about prostitutes, and they get their heads blown off, I'm going to write about that, mm. and it's going to be incredible. And, like, we've all... We've all written that at some point. And yeah, we've, we've all, all gone through a Mark Miller phase, <laughs> phase at uh, some stage. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go through that and, yeah. then you th- and then you think, and I think there's more skill to be able to do it, you know, like you're saying, but with kind of with finesse and with subtlety yeah. of being able to depict that without, you know. Well, I mean, you can, I mean, uh, we were, so we were talking earlier on about the Alan Murph uh, time travel story, the time machine, which is about, um, guy, we've it, talked about this. Jesus Redondo. Jesus Redondo, mm-hmm. yes. And about, about, um, cause I have a page of Jesus Redondo in my, my room in my studio. Not from that though. No, no, sadly not from that. But, uh, the, the, for anyone who doesn't know and hasn't heard me talk about it a hundred of times already, mm-hmm. uh, the story is that a guy, uh, is traveling backwards through time talking about his life and his obsession with building the time machine to the point that the girl that he meets as a student which you see in, in, in these flashbacks uh, and the flashbacks are told as kind of like bubbles going past him uh, and that the, the woman that he meets and he falls in love with she he eventually drives her uh, to leave him because he's too obsessed with building this time machine but it's alright because he built the time machine finally and it doesn't work and he jumps off a bridge and he dies and then the whole thing is a flashback to a suicide and it yeah the, it, the time know. machine that he eventually builds is his own death yeah, yeah yeah and i mean that like i mean there's nothing in that that's gratuitous but mm. it, but at the same time you wouldn't go that's child you know that's a children's story but it it's, you know, it's, it's mature themes but it's not mature content yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. a really good distinction yeah yeah and yeah. I, I it feels like a lot of the time we mix those two up and go mature content yeah, yeah. boobs well you know i mean alan Moore, again famously said that the whole vertical vertical line was was born out of a bad mood he was in one day. <laughs> yeah. And it just turned into the tits and innards line, you know. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've, I've had the opposite problem, which is that I've had to deal with mature content, but for children, that I've just, in this book for Ladybird, and you can do the little ching, ching, ching okay. thing now. Yeah. Which is out on Thursday. The Pay the mortgage. Th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on the 3rd of October, so I don't know if it'll be out before this podcast goes out. Uh, I think we'll probably move this one up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah, so... You'll be hearing this on Friday. Plug, plug everything. You yeah, I'm plugging it now. So, so it's called the, the Ladybird Big Book. There'll of be links things. to wordery for Brilliant. anyone who wants to kick Buy back a pound to me. Million copies. Of <laughs> but that's dealing with quite mature stuff. Like it's dealing about death, but trying to explain that. to, to What's it called again? Sorry, the Ladybird Big Book of Dead Things. Okay, so it's kind of it's it's not quite a comic, but it's it actually uses a lot of comic language. Mm-hmm. It's 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 set in this museum of dead things, and you have this kind of family going around it, and it's all speech bubbles and captions. Mm-hmm. So, but it's for it's for kind of six plus year olds. But it's a lot of that is about like trying to talk about dead things without being like, and your grandmother as well also is. <laughs> I hope there's a big last page reveal. And the next thing to <laughs> then, do the and it's thing. just like a mirror, and it's just the next you. thing to die, and it's just you open up as a big mirror. 
<laughs> and it's like, no, Ned, yeah. I don't think this is a good idea to put this in the book. I'm too late with printed it. It's there. But a lot of that, and a lot of that was spent talking to my editor about kind of just how do you discuss these things? How do you discuss like, you know, these mature yeah. things when, when you limited vocabulary, yep. limited understanding of these things. And, right. And, and, and gratuitous. Yeah. And, and sometimes quite literal understanding of things. Like right. if you say they've gone up to heaven, it's like, Oh, they've oh, gone up to heaven. Right. They've literally yeah. gone up. Um, so and, I mean, the, for working on horrible histories was quite good for me for that work in the mm. horrible Histories magazine was quite good because that's quite, they get, and that's for a bit older, but they get yeah. quite gory and graphic in that. Yeah. So, which I wasn't really allowed to do. But, so a lot, but, this time. but be light to their light. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's taking it seriously but at the same time being quite light about mm. it which is that's the difficult thing to, to balance yeah. um, which is, I think it's really good I think everyone should write for children at some point or you know create art for children because it's really it helps you realise how to explain stuff quite quite, quite clearly mm. and I think it's a really good training for anybody because I think there's quite a lot of writers that could do with actually thinking okay well how do I explain quite difficult topics or quite difficult plots or this kind of thing but in a way which a child you know or a younger reader can understand mm. I, th- I think that's really really useful so and so you've got that coming out yes and you've also got Mar- the Marvel Museum which is <laughs> great. and this is this is I love this it's, it's this great big coffee table book and it's basically a love letter to my favourite thing in the world which is Marvel Comics the 1960s and mm-hmm. 70s and it's I just love working on this and I done some work it's for Studio Press so it's an official license book license mm-hmm. book for, for Marvel I've done a little bit of work for them in the past which never got printed but then they through a packaging agent they came to me and said do you want to write this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, actually I'm going to be in New York in a couple of weeks. So let me in the archive. Exactly. <laughs> so then I got to go to Marvel offices and kind of have a look around there and, right, them wow. and discuss it with them, which was brilliant. And everyone has a story like this, but I, um, I met Garth Ennis the night beforehand oh, right. and got incredibly, oh, that was a bad mistake. It was the <laughs> worst mistake. And everyone in comics has got, oh, I had to go to Marvel the next day and I met Garth and I got far too drunk story. Um, and, Obviously, Garth is brilliant, and you know, and I didn't want to go home because I'm sitting in the West Village, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know him particularly well. But he was very sweet, and I met him with Steve the uh, month beforehand, and I said I'm going to be in New York. And Steve said, White, Steve White, yes. Yeah. So I met him with Steve White, and he and I, and and he said, "Oh, you know, look me up. We'll go out for a drink." And I, you know, it was absolutely lovely. And then I just staggered into the firstly the wrong office because like I went to where Marvel had been in the 1970s because I've been doing <laughs> so I've been writing all about this. So I turned up on like Madison Avenue, like no, that's not the right place. I've not been here. <laughs> so I'm late anyway, and I'm just like I've got to hold it together. I can do this. Um, but it was a really lovely experience, and it was really great. And, the people, and they're, they're going, "Have you been long in New York?" And you're going, "I went out last night with Garth." Oh, that oh, explains it. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Code seven fine. <laughs> the welcome wagon. Yeah. <laughs> and all the, I didn't realise this, but all the meeting rooms in Marvel are kind of named after superheroes. And I was in the Hulk meeting room, all wow. these massive statues from the movies all around there. And there's an Iron Man Mark too, and there's all these different ones around cool. there. And it was very good. And I'm a huge Hulk fan, so that was really Any good. Photos? Have you got photos? Uh, are there just one of me looking quite hungry? Don't show us them now. I'll show you another time. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was, if you go to my Instagram, it's all on there. Um, okay. but it's, it what was, about the bathrooms? What are they called? <laughs> They call the Silver Surfer. I don't know. <laughs> um, the the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so that was really good. And I got to do quite a bit of research on kind of. I mean, it's quite difficult because obviously there aren't that many people you can interview at the moment about Marvel. You know, you can't interview the main people. So I went lot to the primary sources and kind of read a lot of interviews with with everybody. And I, what I really want to do is make sure that in the book is not only was it about kind of here's a chapter on Thor. You know, here's a bit on Thor. Here's on Fantastic Four. But also here's a bit on 
Jack Kirby, here's mm. a bit on Flo Steinberg, here's a bit on Stan Lee. So that it's kind of, you've got the feeling, because about kind of what Marvel meant, because mm. all the stuff about the bullpen, it's so important to the mythology of Marvel. And you kind of, you look at this stuff and you realise that actually there, there wasn't a bullpen. Mm. There was just like Stan at his desk, like typing up yeah. Fantastic Four scripts uh, because they made everyone redundant, you know, the uh, half decade beforehand. And actually in, in that whole office was, you know, was magazine management. And that was you know, the, the weird guy in the corner making the comics. That was just him, let him get on with it. But the real money was made in, you know, all these men's magazines with names like stag and stuff like that <laughs> and you know and and they th- that's where the real writers went the real writers <laughs> didn't go to the comics and this stuff wasn't going to last this stuff wasn't a big thing mm. um and so it was really interesting to kind of see how he built the mythology of marvel as much as the mythology of the marvel characters the all the stan soapbuck stuff with all the kind of like hey true believers all yeah. this kind of stuff that is as important to what marvel was so i wanted to kind mm. of make sure that, that was included in there. Get a as well. sense of that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good for an eleven-year-old, would it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Christmas sorted. There, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, because I, I deliberately. Wrote, I mean, it's. I mean, it, obviously, it goes into quite. It goes into detail. But yeah, at the same yeah. time, I deliberately wrote it that it could be. Yeah, it's you know, kind not, of ten plus. That you yeah. know. The, 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 and they all the, went out, got hammered, and took some prostitutes home. <laughs> <laughs> Only three of them made it back. <laughs> Here's two pages on Jim Shooter's legendary cocaine habit. <laughs> There was so much stuff I couldn't write in there. Really? <laughs> so, was, it, was there? I mean, was there? Was there stuff that you were kind of going? I can't. I, there's no way they're going to let this go. Or, I, or was there, there was stuff that I had to deal. That I had to phrase the right way. Mm. That like specifically like Steve Ditko and Stanley and kind of how and their relationship. Yeah. That I had to be quite. You can't be controversial about that at all. Then I, I take it you can't. Not if it's an official Marvel no. Marvel book, and I th- and I, that's obviously the right way for them to be because they're you know <laughs> they're, they're protecting their own brand but at the same time that there are ways of writing. Yeah, their brand is, yeah, it's, is it's, not, it's Marvel, not called it's Marvel Warts Marvel. and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, there's I mean there really, and that book already exists. There's the Marvel comics, the the Untold Story yeah. by Sean Howe, which is you know the that's already a book you don't need, mm. you, know, you don't need me to write that that's already that's already there and that's a fantastic book and i recommend to any of your readers that's really really good your listeners well, that's really really good um but then also I, I went a lot to the what was really good i didn't realize that all those marvel masterworks there's a lot of like stan lee wrote the intros to those mm-hmm. and that's him talking about you know early days of thor and you know all right so the history of, of all that stuff yeah, yeah so that's all there so so that i spent a lot of time going through those and kind of realizing and that was actually as, as good an interview as you can get is just that it's just kind of like stan for a few like stream of consciousness for a few pages mm. talking about how he come up with the, you know all these different ideas um and obviously you have to be careful as well you know that it's they're, they're co-created that it's not just you know yeah. you, you don't want it to just be like this because stan was so good at his own self-promotion you've got to make sure that it's not just the stan lee show that it has yeah. to be about kind of you know everyone well yeah it. i mean stan is very good at self-promotion and other yeah. other artists are often i mean and cool especially yes he just wants to hide well that's <laughs> the thing and there's this one story of him going to one comic convention and just being utterly horrified and being yeah. like, i'm never doing this again where a stan was like right how can we do more of this this is amazing this is brilliant. people want to talk to me yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then aside from marvel museum you've also got Star- oh, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars Annual, which um, I'd forgotten I'd written. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so I've written the last three Star Wars Annuals. So You've written- achieved three plugs out of a possible five. Is that, and is that's- that, I know. <laughs> is that, a, is that a record for this? <laughs> it might well be. <laughs> go on, go on. Um, yeah, I wrote that last year because just when I, I, I got made redundant, I was like, oh God, what do I do now? And 
bless them, some of the editors at Edmund were like, do you want to write the annual? And I've written, I'd written the last two years before that. But um, it's really good fun and I love writing Star Wars. But there's the thing I'd forgotten when I was writing this is that Star Wars has its own really weird grammar rules that I'd completely forgotten. Like aliens, if they aliens speak, if an alien can speak like a Wookiee, it has a capital letter. But if it can't speak like a Sarlacc, it has lowercase and all oh, this wow. stuff like that. And you have, you have I, thought, I thought when you were talking about grammar, it was very clearly Yoda and that was No, it. no, that, could, <laughs> that was it. But no, there's so, like... So, so for, there's, a, there's a Lucasfilm writing style? Of yeah, there's all there? these Bibles yeah. full of stuff. And wow. like, because the first thing that you see is like a typo, is that it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away with four dots and ellipses, which is wrong. Yeah. But then he tries to to pretend that it was meant to be that way. So now it's always put, that way. It's always that way. So now you have to put it always that way because uh-huh. he made one. And also when they kiss their brother and sister, they don't, but that's, that's what <laughs> that's was meant fine. to happen. That was not an accident. I think it's it the only kiss in all of Star Wars and it's, it's incest. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the only kiss? No, oh no, God. there's, there's Padme and, um, okay. oh, but yeah. I bet you there's a, there's a, there's a, it's in the first three. It's the only yeah. kiss. In it turns yeah. out they're brother and sister too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for the annual now. That was why. <laughs> that was the puzzle at the back of it. Every time I kiss someone, it's my sister. <laughs> Letters page. <laughs> Can you help Luke kiss his sister? Draw the. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the Star Wars annual that's coming. That's out now, is it? Or is yes, it- that's out. I think it's out on Thursday. I think it's out on the third. I think it should be out now by the time this podcast. There's a goes. good grab bag of things if you've got young kids into Star yeah. Wars and, and comics. In my son, this is great for my son. I'm just writing all these things down. We'll, going, we'll, yeah, we'll talk. We'll, yeah, talk. Yeah, well, well the great thing is that Ned's brought ten copies of each book. <laughs> I for this because I'm really sorry. For, for all of the listeners, <laughs> not really. No, not I really. Felt really bad. Actually, I know I have to say thank you because a while ago, um, I think you know, I don't know if you were at Fleetway Edgemont or I be I don't know where you yeah. were, but I said Tom was reading Thomas reading a lot of books and he went I'll send you a whole bunch of stuff and you did and it was very oh, kind did of I? Yeah, yeah it was very nice yeah. I've not benefited in the slightest I'll, not, s- I'll uh, send you some I'll send you a big Marvel one I but here's I the thing also I, send me a child I, I, <laughs> you can have one of mine I picked up Ned earlier and it only occurred to me when I was letting him into my car to take, go and have a dinner go and have a meal with him that uh, we have never actually met <laughs> yes I know he's <laughs> like he's, we should go to like, yeah. we, we haven't actually met each other yeah, I know, no, yeah. I haven't. and then so we sat eating opposite each other effectively and him swearing like a trooper yeah but but also in first date etiquette, so he was constantly covering his mouth when he was chewing, uh, <laughs> trying to get was, some under the table. I was trying Didn't to, yeah, anywhere. I was trying to, I was trying to show a bit of cleavage. It was, <laughs> it was very much for not not enough that he'd want to touch, but plenty that I mean, he could look at. It was intensely sexual. <laughs> Well, well, I'm conscious that Ned has got another assignation to, oh, okay. to go to so, later yes. on this evening. But so we'll not keep you any longer, oh, Ned, so unless there's anything me. else you want to talk about. I've plugged so much stuff, and you've been so gracious. Can't that be I've... anything, Ned. <laughs> yeah, no. What I was going to say is, um, if any of your listeners are at Thought Bubble, do pop over and say hello to me because I'm going to be there this year in Harrogate, and it'd be lovely to, to chat. Say to hello. hello. All right. Thanks okay. very much, Ned. Yep. Thank, Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Cheerio, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.